Welcome to the How Did You Get Into That podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an inspiring interview or encouraging message to help you find and do work you love. Now, here's your host, Grant Baldwin. What is up, my friends? Welcome to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? My name is Grant. It is great to have you here with us today. The sun is shining. I'm feeling good. We are uh, on episode 101, the 101st episode of the show as we get started with the next round of 100 episodes and hopefully many, many more beyond that. Hey, if you haven't had a chance, go back and listen to episode 100, 100. We just talk about 10 different themes that we've noticed in the first 100 episodes. Of all the people that we've talked to, as we talk with people who are finding and doing work that they love, what are some of these things that these people have in common? And so we just kind of go over those and just point out some things that maybe you need to apply in your own world or maybe some things that you're doing right and maybe other things that you can improve on. And so I would encourage you to, again, go by and check that out over at grantbaldwin.com. But to continue on with our uh, our streak of awesome guests, we have a great one for you today. We've got my friend Stephanie Halligan. Stephanie She's a cartoonist, actually. And in fact, during the interview, we come up with a, uh, a name for her, all right? This new kind of title that uh, she really, really likes. So you'll have to uh, stick around to, to check that out. But really cool story about how she got, uh, got into art and drawing as a kid and, and how eventually it kind of made its way back into her career today and what it is that she's doing. So good stuff. So let's get right into this, my friends. Oh, actually, before we do, let me remind you uh, to celebrate the 100th episode. One thing we're doing right now is we're doing a, a $100 gift card giveaway. So if you want to register for that, you can go over to grantbaldoncom slash contest. Again, that's grantbaldoncom slash contest. Totally free to enter for that, to register for that. But we're going to be giving away Again, a $100 gift card to a place of your choice. So I would encourage you to, again, stop by grantbaldoncom slash contest. All right, my friends, that's enough of that. Let's get into this. Here is my interview with cartoonist Stephanie Halligan. Enjoy. What is up, my friends? Welcome to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? Today, we are joined by my friend Stephanie Halligan, who is a cartoonist and has used her cartoon skills and abilities and doodles in a variety of different ways to make a living. So really cool story and journey excited to get into today. So Stephanie, what is up? Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Grant. All right. So like, what do you do? Do you just doodle all day? Like, I think of cartoons and immediately I'm thinking of like Saturday morning cartoons on TV or I'm thinking of like the back of the paper on Sunday mornings. Or I'm thinking like comic books. So like, what kind of doodling do you do? Yeah, you know, that's I, I think when I was a kid, that was my dream of where my cartoons would end up being. But I'm really surprised <laughs> where they ended up now. So now I use my cartoons. I think I would just say I use my cartoons to help people become like the best versions of themselves. And so I've got a couple websites where I get to do daily cartoons. I've got one website called arttoself.com where I send out a daily art affirmation newsletter. So every single day, just kind of a note to start your day off on the right foot with a cartoon. I've launched a course called youdeservemore.co that teaches people and entrepreneurs especially how to charge what they're worth. And I use cartoons to teach them how to do that. So it's funny because I always dreamed of doing the Sunday morning comic strips and now I'm applying my cartoons to a totally different space in a really 
unique way. And I, I couldn't have imagined it if I even tried <laughs> a couple years ago. You're like a motivational cartoonist. Right. Yes. Oh, I love that. I'm oh, going to steal that. Oh, that's line. good right there. <laughs> that's good. But you apply it in a bunch of different ways. And that's one of the things I like about your story is you've got one unique skill set, but can be used in a variety of different ways. And even you described there's different ways that you're currently using it on teaching people how to charge more. Or you know, you've got this Empowered Dollar site where you're teaching people about personal finance, but you're using cartoon to do it. So uh, have you always like, had just a knack for cartoons? You've always been drawn to that? Yeah. See what I did the, there? Drawn yeah, to the, there you go. Okay. All right. Making sure you got that. <laughs> it was one of those like childhood things where since I could walk, I was drawing cartoons. I was sitting in front of the TV, copying Looney Tunes characters. I did it all through elementary school and even middle school. It was like, Steph is the artist. Steph is the artist. And then end of high school. And then in, it got into college and my brain switched to, okay, what's more practical and what can actually make money? And the answer wasn't art because I didn't really look around me and see really successful, wealthy artists. And I'm also, you know, I like to learn. I was a good student. And so when I looked at the artists in high school with me, I was like, oh, they're not getting good grades and they're about to fail <laughs> high school. I think I'm going to pivot to something different. So I've always wanted to do cartoons. I think I lost it along the way. And part of it was not believing that it was something that could make me successful. And so studied international relations in college and graduated and couldn't find a job. And it was just like, ended up in like the financial education, nonprofit space for a while. And so that kind of got me on this personal finance journey. But all the while, the cartoons were just taking a backseat. And it wasn't till maybe the last year or two years, actually, yeah, almost the last year when I started putting them into my work in random places. And it just started lighting people up. And they're like, yeah, these concepts are making so much more sense now that you added a, a doodle to them. So it took me a while to get back to that childhood dream of mine, but I'm, I'm back and it feels really good. It seems like a, like a lot of things like that, we kind of go full circle where we have like this dream as a kid of like, oh, there's this thing I'd love to do. And then as we get older, we, I don't know if it's, if it's us telling ourselves or as much as just maybe parents or just culture or just outside influence of to go on like, like that was an adorable dream as a child, but like, that's not realistic and you can't make a living doing that and you need to grow up. And so we kind of push it to the back burner, but then it seems like eventually we kind of come back around to it. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I think I can do this. Like, why can't I do this? It sounds like that's kind of the journey you were on. Absolutely. And it was just like an, oh, duh moment where I, you know, it seemed weird to combine teaching people how to earn more money with cartoons or personal finance with cartoons or sending out a daily newsletter and adding cartoons to it. And when it started happening, it was like, of course, of course, this is going to come back around. And wow, it took me a long time to get here. But I'm, I'm glad I'm using that again. As a teenager or in college, why did you push it to the background? Did you think that you couldn't do it? Or was there outside voices or forces that were telling you you couldn't do it? Or why did you decide to shelve it for a while? Yeah, you know, it wasn't really ever one person explicitly in my life who was like, you shouldn't be an artist. You know, I had a really supportive family and friends and everyone recognized me as an artist. I think it was just myself and looking around for role models to point and say, hey, there's somebody who's doing something smart and creative and it's making money and she's using her brain, which is the other piece of it where I was like, oh, all these art students are dropping out of high school. I don't want to be that. So I think it was just telling myself that there wasn't a path. And so I was like, all right, I might as well pick another path. And 
major in, in economics and international relations and, and pick something that's carved out that will make me a paycheck. And so I think I just looked around and was like, oh, guess this isn't happening. And, and then it just it just became a really like sporadic hobby from there. What would you say to someone who's maybe in that spot? Because I think that's great advice of like looking for someone that's doing something that you already want to do and then just not necessarily like copying verbatim what they're doing, but just like, okay, there's at least a path. Like you said, there's some type of model of someone that's making this work. So I'm going to just figure out what they did and kind of reverse engineer that. But like, what would you do differently now looking back when you're looking for that model or you're looking for that path? And as far as you can tell, like it doesn't exist. So for someone that may be in a similar spot of going like, I've got this idea and I'm pretty sure I can make it work. And I know I've got the skills for it. And I know I've got the passion and the drive to do it, but I'm just not finding any other people that are doing it. So it makes me question if it's even realistic. So like, how would you handle that differently now? So I was looking for a ladder, like what's my career ladder I could climb. And when I looked around and realized there wasn't like my ladder wasn't there, I started just building my own ladder rung by rung. And I was like, okay, what is the thing I want to do now? And and it started with launching a personal finance blog because I got really passionate about money and student debt because I graduated with so much of it. And I, and I was like, I need to help other people avoid this situation. So that was like the first rung on my ladder. And then from there, I started adding cartoons to that blog. And it was the next rung. And it was like, okay, this is working. And people like my cartoons. And then the next rung, it was like, okay, I'm going to launch a cartoon only website art to self. And that was the next one. And so it was I think a process of self-discovery and it just took me a long time of just looking for the career path or looking for the right ladder for me and then finally realizing it's not there. And so I started just doing, while I had a full-time job, just stuff on the side, stuff that interests me. And I'm just amazed by where it carried me, but I couldn't have pointed to the end result because I just climbed up and up and up to the next logical thing. And even a year ago, I wouldn't have been able to tell you that I was I was going to have these websites. So it was really just a lot of self-experimentation. Yeah, I think that's a great point that, you know, when you're starting something like you just like none of us have any idea how it's going to play out. And we right. all oftentimes we're hesitant to start anything because like I want to know how it's going to play out. And you just you don't. And even if you did, you wouldn't start anyway. And so sometimes it's just like, I don't really know, but I'm going to at least try and we'll just kind of pivot and iterate as we go. Like you can't get to that point if you're not at least trying something. Right. And and I also realized too, when I was working a normal nine to five job was, was that you no know, one was going to give me permission to create and be wildly different and pursue the things that really interest me. I mean, I had a, a pretty good workplace where I could do that to a limited ability at work, but I was like, there is a lot of me that I need to to test out, and I don't want to jump ship and go to the next job and hope that that's the right career ladder. So I'm going to start doing stuff on the side. I'll do freelancing projects. I'm going to launch a blog. I'm going to just see what sticks as people react to what I'm doing, but also what am I interested in? Because I kind of really don't know the answer to that. And it was only until I started testing it out and trying it and not being afraid to shift and pivot and fail a few times that I started to feel like I understood that there was a path for me. I just had to build it myself. And you wrap up college. Are you doing the, uh, is that when you go into the nonprofit world? Yeah. And immediately after college and I graduated in 09, which was the most amazing time to be looking for a job. (laughs) And so after recessions hitting huge, I'm in like $36,000 in debt and I can't get a job, you know, right after school. And so 
that's what sparked the personal finance, financial education interest. And so, and I got into the nonprofit sector, but it became this passion of mine to help other people fix their money issues because I knew I was never, never taught that myself. And so, again, it was like this passion of, I felt like I had to get my story out there and my voice, which is why I started a blog just for kind of blog's sake. And then it started to transform into a thing that I could generate leads to coach other people, to do freelance writing work. And again, it started becoming this ladder that I didn't even expect as it grew after college and I was working in the nonprofit space. Like when you start that blog to talk about the personal finance stuff and your own journey of being 35000 in school loan debt, I mean, there's a lot of people that are in a similar spot. So why you? Why would you do a blog on that when there's plenty of people in the same spot who could do it as well? Yeah. And, and there are a lot of kind of debt story blogs out there. But and I think I was new to the space. And so for me, I just I wanted my own voice out there. And there was a part of me that said, you know what, I wish I had someone who had taught me what was going to happen right after college and maybe some tips to avoid that. So I want to help old Steph. And I also want some accountability. And I want to chronicle my own story because uh, hopefully people who are going through the same thing will find this helpful. And that also kind of got me on the path of how do I create things that I know I need because I bet someone else out there needs it too. Gotcha. So whenever you are, you, you start that blog, are you feeling any type of imposter syndrome? Like, all right, who am I to do this? And, and how am I going to stand out from the crowd and all these other personal finance blogs? Or what's kind of going through your head? Yeah, I, for me, I procrastinated launching the blog for about a year and a half. And a lot of it was the perfectionism and like the doubt that I could make like stand out that people would read it that the blog would look the way I wanted it to. And so I had the idea and I sat on it and I sat on it. And finally, I just got someone else to hold me accountable to launching it. And I originally launched it aimed at moms. And and I'm not a mom. So I was essentially like a non mom mommy blogger. <laughs> Telling moms how to raise their kids and saying, you know, don't send them to a super expensive private university and, and make sure you take out more federal loans and all of this stuff. And it was just a pain. I'm so happy I went ahead and launched it and just pressed the publish button. But I realized it was such a pain to update and to write for because I couldn't even relate to my own audience that I just I shifted it over to my own debt story in current time. And then after that, I shifted it to adding cartoons to explain debt and how to get out of debt and to like, I think, remove some, some fear that around the debt topic in general. So for me, I think it was, I didn't realize I was going to do this, but it was important to just hit the go button and then figure out, well, how am I going to differentiate myself in this space? How am I going to stand out? What makes me different? What is resonating? But again, it took a lot of practice to get there first. Yeah. And I think for all of us, we all have at any level, uh, whether you're just getting started or whether you've been doing it for a while, whatever that thing is, I think we all feel some level of imposter syndrome. Like, who am I to do this? Like, my story isn't that big of a deal, you know, relative to someone else's story. So like, why would anyone listen to me? So I think it's just important to hear like, like so many of us, and maybe all of us, we always feel some level of, of that imposter syndrome. Yeah. And I, I just got hit hard with it the other day when I even getting emails where people praise what I'm doing right now. I'm just like, I'm making this up. I made it up. <laughs> I'm happy it's working. I made up yesterday. I'm going to make up what I'm doing tomorrow. And and I think it's just such an important message to put out there, which is like, we're all kind of faking it. And even when someone has it figured out, 
they're actually the people who are brave enough to fake it in public. I feel like they really just, you know, nobody has it completely figured out and everyone has permission to fake it until they figure it out as well. Yeah, I was at a uh, a dinner recently with uh, like entrepreneurs and people that I looked up to and admired and, and somehow I snuck in the room to be able to, to have dinner with them. And so I'm kind of listening to their stories and listening to them talk. And, and the big takeaway for me was like all of these people are just as, as worried and insecure as I am, <laughs> you know, like these people that I would look up and admire and think like, oh, they've got it all figured out and they're, they're just on cruise control. But they're just like, just like you said, like we're all just kind of making it up as we go, which hopefully provides some level of assurance to people that are listening. Like, like you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to have all of the answers to know what that next step might be. Right, exactly. And actually, I use that piece of my story a lot on all of my different projects. Arttoself.com is is my daily newsletter. It comes with a doodle, but it's also a note about how I'm still figuring my stuff out. And I don't really know what I'm doing, but I want to remind myself to keep going or stay positive or or I'm doing just fine and I don't have to have it all figured out. And and the same with my other, my course, youdeservemore.co is, is about my journey, which is I when I was an entrepreneur, I didn't have it figured out. I was undercharging for everything I did. And then I started to figure it out and I started helping other people do the same thing. And so I think it's just so important for people listening to know that that not everyone has it figured out, but also for entrepreneurs that are willing to step up and share the kind of behind the scenes look at, yeah, this is what's messy and what's happening. I think that's a really great way to to connect with people. I found it's really served me well. For sure. Now, how long were you doing the personal finance blog before you started adding the cartoon element into it? Oh, I think I was doing it for about two years. So it mean, not an insignificant amount of time. And again, it took me a really long time to circle back to cartoons, this really obvious thing in my life. But yeah, it was just a lot of experimenting and finding my voice. And then once I started adding the cartoons, it's the thing that made me stand out. But it was also the thing that started earning me money and, and people started buying cartoon prints, like kind of more motivational style cartoons from the website. People found my website and started hiring me to draw personal finance cartoons for their sites. I had some startups hire me as well. So it became this, again, like very obvious thing to show off my own talent, but also the thing that made me stand out enough that the that money started coming in in a way that before that it was a blog for blog's sake and and I hadn't actually really made that much money online off of it. Let's see those two years where you've got the blog going and then leading up to that, are you still like drawing on the side and just still kind of doodling and doing the cartoon thing? Yeah. So those first two years blogging, you know, I was still working a, a normal job and really my art kind of fell by the wayside. And it was just a lot, you know, I, I look back on my life and I think I could map out like the amount of art I was doing to how happy I was in general with my life. And and so I was going through a lot of stress at my job and really just the art stopped. I mean, there was a whole year when I didn't even doodle a five minute sketch and it just kind of disappeared. And so I think stepping back into a, a space where I was like, where I could leave my nine to five, I became happier and less stressed. And it was like the art switch turned back on and I could see so clearly how it could actually fit into randomly into a personal finance blog. So why do you think it took you though two years to, to figure that out? I think a lot of it was was just not the the cartoons just were still not on my radar. And it's just I think I was right before I quit my job to start my own business, I felt like I was at the top of my career ladder. I was working for 
a startup that was designing online financial education games for kids. And I was like, well, this is the ultimate career for someone in this space, like fun and technology based and exciting and creative. And I was so miserable. And, And so it was a confusing time, I think, being in that job while still running the blog. I couldn't see clearly where I was going in life. And so I knew that I needed to make a shift away from that nine to five job so that I could start my own consulting work in the financial education space. And then once I removed all that stress from my life, it was like the clouds lifted and I could see like, gosh, cartoons. I still, there's something in me that needs to be fed and I should get this talent out there and I have this blog. So why not try it here? Do you remember like that first post that you used cartoons in? I do. And gosh, you know, it was about a year ago. And I just remember I had enough followers on Facebook and Twitter, but, and there's something special about graphics when you're sharing them on social media, but I just remember sharing it. And I just remember the reaction on social media to it was so different than what I had ever had before. Instead of sending a link to a post about, saving up to to buy your freedom or something or paying off your debt. It was the cartoon they were engaging in. And I even drew, shortly after I started adding cartoons, I drew a cartoon of myself breaking up with my bank that was really, you know, having the conversation <laughs> over dinner and wine and just remembering people emailing me about it. And it was just like, wow, why didn't I do this sooner? But it also, it just became the thing that, again, helped me stand out. But I also felt like I was really, I found my authentic voice in what I was doing online. So it immediately, like, there's just this, just immediately resonated with you and with the audience. Like, there was no, like, let's just try this for a little bit and let's just see how it goes and kind of mixed reviews. But it was immediately like, ah, oh, no, 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 this is it. Why, why have I been missing this for two years? Right, exactly. And, you know, like you said earlier, like motivational cartoonist. And before it was... You're going to use that now. Oh, I'm absolutely... (laughs) I'm going to steal that, Grant. And before it was like, you know, I run a personal finance blog or I run a personal finance blog about my debt story. And then it became, Stephanie does the cartoons about money. And that was my business card. Even when I went to the personal finance bloggers conference was, I draw cartoons about money and that's it. I wrote it on Sharpie on a card and it it was like it was so clear and obvious like combination of my interests and passions and again like you said it just took off it was immediately recognized as wow this is so different and so bizarre and yet it's it's working well one of the things i like about your story there is you know it took you several years to get to that point where you draw it on a index card you draw it out with sharpie there and it's like ah, that's it. Like, that's what I should be doing. Even though it's like, it's maybe clear to other people or now looking at it, it's obvious. But I think it's just, it's important for people to hear like people that are searching and trying to figure out like, what is it that I'm supposed to do with my life? I don't, I don't hate my job. I don't love my job, but I I don't know what I'd rather be doing. And they're just looking around for that thing. It may take a while to get to the point where you're like, ah, yes, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And so like, why did you not give up in those two years? Like, why didn't you throw in the towel on the personal finance blog and just and go a different direction. Yeah, it you know, I think it was because I knew that there was something there and I kept it was an outlet for my voice and I knew that I wanted to be more than just my job title. And so I I just I kept at it and I wanted to tweak it and really find out well how can I stand out online? And it's funny that you know, like one of the things I really wish I'd done back then, like even in college or after college 
was send an email to my friends or even my parents and say, like, what do you imagine me doing with my life? And I probably would have come to the art conclusion a lot quicker. But when I told my mom I was adding cartoons to my personal finance website, she was like, of course. You know, when you were in third grade, your teacher said, if you could just combine math with art, you would be unstoppable in the world. And I was like, well, why didn't you tell me that sooner? (laughs) It took me so long to figure it out. So I think there's a lot of excitement that happens when you first come up with an idea or you first launch something. And then we all experience the dip that happens afterwards of the excitement fizzles out. And is this working? And sticking to it, you know, to a point in which you realize that you're discovering something about yourself, your likes, your interests, your voice, it's important instead of jumping around and trying to find the completely new thing. But I made a lot of pivots too. And I think that's what helped me stick out those two years, which was acknowledging like, okay, this wasn't working. I'm going to stop writing for moms and I'm going to start writing about my own story. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is still kind of getting lost in the personal finance blog space. So like, so how do I shift it from there? And then I really started to pay off my debt really quickly. And then it was like, okay, what if I added cartoons? So again, I think allowing yourself to change directions on the project you're already working with and to refine how you do it because you're not going to be perfect or an expert right away, that that's the thing that helped me go through those two years. For sure. So whenever you are getting going and you've got the blog going and then you start adding the cartoon piece to it, how did you start making a living from that? How did you start monetizing that? Was that just a couple of people that started cold emailing you, asking you if you could draw for them or for their thing? Or were you starting to put it out there that this is a service that you offer? How did that kind of come to be? Yeah, you know, at first it was just all natural referrals and people finding me naturally, which was fantastic. And I decided that I was going to leave my job and I was going to do some consulting still in the kind of nonprofit tech space just around financial education and personal finance. And I would always point them back to my blog when I was pitching myself for a project. And I said, you know, even if I don't draw cartoons for you, I am the creative personal finance girl. And that actually helped me get a lot of consulting contracts to just be able to point to that website. And, but before quitting my job, People were finding me and asking me to do freelance writing. People were hiring me to do cartoons and even like whiteboard animations for their blogs and their websites. And so it just became this really amazing portfolio that either I was reaching out to people and pointing them back to the website or other people were finding me naturally because it was just so unique and different. And since then, you've started, and you kind of referenced it a couple times, but this art to self. So this sounds like a, a new kind of iteration of what you're doing with your cartoon. So what exactly is that? Yeah. And so I think, again, on this theme of figuring out and refining my own journey, art to self was kind of the next iteration of this. So I'd been doing cartoons on my blog for you know about nine months. And I realized that as much as I loved drawing cartoon characters like a cartoon bank or, you know, I created a 401k9. It was like a dog in a tie <laughs> about retirement. You know, as much as I loved those cartoons, there was still art that I wanted to get out there in a way that just outside of the space of personal finance. And and I was also hitting kind of a low as an entrepreneur where I wasn't really confident in myself. And I kept writing sticky notes on my wall in front of my computer that's like, you know, just keep going and you're enough, you're doing enough, you're, or like, do nothing today, like take a break. And I kept writing these notes like every day and, and art to self became this idea of, I want to put out a 
a newsletter where every single day I send out a note and a cartoon with a message. And it's an inspirational note, but it's also the messiness behind that. Like yesterday I had a really crappy day, but this is what I told myself to get through it. And here's the cartoon reminder I wrote to myself. So Art to Self was, you know, it's almost the next iteration of that I discovered by doing the Empowered Dollar and adding cartoons to my personal finance blog for so long. Based on what you just described there, Art to Self is a killer name. Yes, it was. Note to Self was already taken. And then Art to Self just seemed like the best, <laughs> the best logical name and domain name. So you do it every day? Yeah, every day. And the other piece of it was I wanted a daily practice that would get me back into art because it's something that I lost for some time and I wanted it to keep going. And I never wanted other work to get in the way of, of doing art because it's something so inherent to me. And so it was like, am I really going to do this? Am I going to put out something every single day? And so far I haven't missed a day, knock on wood, but it's something that's also helped hold me accountable to creating and doing the thing I love and that I'm good at every day. I know in uh, episode 19, we had Jolie Gillibo and she did something similar just as, a, as an artist of like, I'm going to paint something every single day. And if I paint something for 365 days, some of those are going to be crap. A lot of them may even be crap, but right. a handful of them are going to be pretty good, you know, but I don't know unless I just keep shipping and just keep putting stuff out there. It sounds like you're trying to do something similar. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think too, by doing it every day, it really opened up a lot of how I thought about art as being a viable business. And so my art, my cartoons, instead of selling them directly, or the cartoon being the thing I sold, I'm selling a service. So this daily thing, you can subscribe for free, but I'm asking people that if it resonates with them, if they like it, to support it by donating, you know, I'll keep doing it. But it became art as a service, which is Absolutely. Like, you know, what we said earlier, I had dreamed of doing comic strips and working for Disney and, and all that kind of animation. But now my art is this daily newsletter that comes out and it's it's really blowing my mind about how I can make a living and do business and ask people to donate to a cause that really resonates with them. And it's it's been a really cool adventure. That's awesome. Well, hey, uh, I got a couple other questions about for someone that may be interested in doing cartoons and wondering, like, how do I get started? How do I get into that? What are some early things that I, I need to be considering or even just some some tools that, that, that can be used? So we're going to save that for the bonus round. So uh, I'd encourage people to download that by going to grantbolden.com and sticking around, hanging out with us for that. So Stephanie, again, tell us those uh, those sites again, where we can go to check out more of uh, what you're up to. Yeah, so you can find my daily art newsletter at arttoself.com. And if you're an entrepreneur out there that is looking to price yourself and charge what you're worth, you can go to youdeservemore.co and I'll, I'll teach you how to do that with some fun cartoons. Awesome. I dig it. All right. We will see you over in the, uh, the bonus round. Great. Thanks, Grant. All right, there you go, my friends. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Stephanie Halligan, who, uh, as you heard, we uh, officially dubbed her as the motivational cartoonist. So really good stuff there. Really enjoyed her story and her journey. So I would encourage you to stop by grantbalden.com to check out the show notes, links, everything that we discussed there with Stephanie. You can find that at grantbalden.com slash Stephanie Halligan, H-A-L-L-I-G-A-N. Uh, also, if you were interested in downloading the bonus material, if you like the conversation with Stephanie, you want to stick around and, and as we chat for a few more minutes, again, you 
you can find that at grantbaldoncom slash Stephanie Halligan. Uh, all right, my friends, I think that wraps up this episode. Again, I'd encourage you to stop by grantbaldoncom slash contest. Make sure that you register to win that $100 gift card. We'd love to uh, to send that your way. That'd be really cool. And uh, as always, feel free to email me, grant at Let me know what you're working on or chewing on, pondering with, wrestling with, anything that I can do to help you, support you on your own journey to find and do work you love. Let me know. You're awesome, my friend. Catch you later. Thanks for listening to the How Did You Get Into That podcast with Grant Baldwin. Don't forget to visit grantbaldwin.com for all the show notes and links discussed in today's episode. We'll see you next time.